Hi, I'm Ben Bies. And I'm Carly Bies. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15 and have two boys. This is our story of a controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God. Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned. While also providing a dash of humor and loving banter. We are still working to find wholeness and we welcome you on our journey. Happy Thursday, friends, listeners, family. <laughs> I don't know why I said Weirdos. those things. <laughs> How are you today? Me? Um, yes, yeah. Or the people. I'm good. <laughs> good? Yeah. Struggling with some allergies. Yeah, big time, so I apologize. Yeah, apologize to all of those um, people who don't like noises like me. Apologize in advance for the sniffling, right? Yeah, I'm going to try my best not to sniffle. I'll just let all the snot run into my mouth while I talk <laughs> so everyone can be happy. <laughs> oh, so a little bit different of an episode this week. Decided to do a top 10, 11, 12, 13, maybe 14, maybe 15 yeah, maybe. episode. Um on ways you know that you are in a cult. Now. Can I start with this? Of course. Okay. So I hate that term. I hate it adamantly because I feel like. Which term? Cult. The cult. Yes. I, I hate using that term for something we went through because I cult seems so weird and strange. Like we were worshiping some golden calf and drinking Kool-Aid. and. Well, it makes it feel like. What we went, like we went, we haven't gone through something nearly as terrible as like people who have actually survived terrible cults. Yeah. At the same, and then at the same time, like. Yeah, it kind of, I feel like it diminishes a little bit the fact that our heart was still trying to serve Jesus. But we had this discussion a long time ago and we started looking up a definition of a cult. And one of the definitions was um, a lot of care, love, and obsession over a person or theory or thing. I thought, well, there was a lot of care and obsession (laughs) over a person. And then I read something else today, um, and it said, a cult is exclusive, secretive, and authoritarian. And I thought, hmm, Hmm. that could maybe apply to (laughs) to what we went through. But I still hate that um, language of a cult. Yeah, and that's fair. Call it a high-pressure group. That's like another name for it, right? Yeah, I, I was just reading today, uh, Christianity Today. Okay. So this is an authority on this. Okay. <laughs> said they like the new term, new religious movement. Oh. Instead of cult? Yeah, because cult, again, is a terminology that um, is dangerous or harmful. Got it. It comes around being dangerous and harmful, and they don't want to say every group is like that. Yeah, that, is that makes sense. exclusive, okay. secretive, and authoritarian. They'd rather say a new religious movement. Yeah. I feel like new religious movement isn't as negative sounding as like it should be yeah, I guess for that's true. a cult-like Yeah, maybe setting. dangerous new religious movement. <laughs> Scary new religious Stay movement. Stay away. Pitfall new religious movement. <laughs> False religious movement. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So that being said, we're going to kind of go through some... Um, some of the top reasons you know that you are in a cult if you are experiencing these things. <laughs> now, some of them will be a little funny. Um, let us first say that um, while we have survived a terrible cult-like situation, we, however, are not professionals. <laughs> and um, just because you maybe are experiencing one or two of these does not mean that you are a part of a terrible church. <laughs> yeah, or it might be mean that you are, but... <laughs> but... <laughs> Just give us a little grace on this. A lot of these are funny. Um, Some of them are real. um, But I think you can pull the truth out from this. And I think there are some, what we will share are some consistent themes in in groups that maybe are unhealthy. And we'll share our experiences on each of these 
topic reasons, whatever. And our goal is not to be offensive, obviously. But if you're offended, I'm sorry. That's your that's your bad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, let's go ahead, Ben. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll start with number one. We'll start okay. with um. This is in a no little, particular order. No particular order. This is a lighthearted one, um, sort of. But the lightheartedness has a little truth in it. Number one reason you might know you're in a cult. If when you get a paycheck, you go to the bank to deposit the money and get a bunch of ones in return. One dollar bills. Now, some people might think that is for something inappropriate. That you would be paying a lot of oh, one like dollar bills. Oh, you go to the bank and I ask went to the for bank. ones back. Okay, got I, it. I deposit a check, a paycheck. Well, or maybe just some kind of check. I don't know what. They, <laughs> and sure in return, <laughs> you don't ask for 20s or 10s. You ask for ones. And the reason you ask for ones is so that when church comes, you can throw the ones on the altar <laughs> while the pastor is either preaching... <laughs> Or leading worship <laughs> to show that you fully support what is going on. So that's the number one thing. You get a lot of ones and you come to church with just a pocket full of ones. <laughs> and you just throw them on the altar one after the other <laughs> as a pastor brings a word. And if you don't, you are not supportive enough. Yeah, you're not supportive. And, you just, and do you even believe what he's saying if you're not? Apparently not. Like, I didn't put that's ones a measure on. of your belief. Yeah, if I put twenties down, I'd really believe. Yeah, I'd probably have something. Oh, one of the weirdest experiences we ever had, by the way. Wait, which where are you going with this? This might be one of my things. Um. Okay, tell me in my ear. <laughs> okay, hold on, just just one moment, please. Okay, we just discussed it. I'm not going to say it. This is one of Carly's things. This is one of my, my cult awareness red flags. Okay, so that was, that was number one. You get a paycheck, you go, and you get ones in return. Not because you're going up in the club, but because you need to throw those dollars on the altar. Yeah, you're going up in the, the Jesus Club. Yeah. Um, I'll just say the one that Ben was going to say, not knowing that he was going to be saying one that I had thought of. Um. If you ever have somebody at the church who does a money dance <laughs> run for the hills. Now, I'm not talking about like on a wedding day uh, money <laughs> dance where you bring cash to dance with the bride or groom as a form of a gift, whatever. I think it's tacky anyways. <laughs> Sorry for offending anybody. But... um not that type of money dance. No. I mean, if somebody comes to your church dressed in all green because money is green and dance to what kind of music was it? Well, you have to remember she brought her own stage. So it was like a it was like an eight by eight stage that she brought. Maybe a six by six, but it was a small stage. That she brought to the front of the sanctuary to do a money dance. And the the goal was to like prophetically bring money into the church and like into like income into people's lives. Right. It was like a prophetic gesture of like, we're believing for (laughs) money to, but then we would throw money at her. No, no, no. no. Yeah. We threw money at her, but also we had to put our credit cards and checkbooks and everything on the stage she was dancing on and her dancing was bringing forth. Oh, right. Remember? Yes, yes. I remember you specifically put your checkbook on that stage, really? Carly. Yeah, how'd that go? Um, she was a false prophet. <laughs> <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> it didn't work. Um, but that was probably one of the, I remember that was one of the weirder things. And that was still like pretty early on. Yeah, that was before we were married even. Was it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, while things still were like shocking us on a weekly basis in terms of like, oh, wow, like I didn't grow up with this. I've never had this at my church or, um, you know, like, wow, streamers, wow, banners. The money dance was like next level and while a lot of the other stuff didn't really bother me, why it was different, but it didn't bother me because I was having an experience with all those things. The money dance, I remember just straight up being like, this is freaking weird. 
like, this is just weird. And she was, I don't know. She wasn't from our church. Where no. did she even come from? Did she like travel doing this? No, she, I'm sure she, she came to our church. On and, she came to our church on and off. Okay. And her husband played in the band every once in a while too. Really? Yeah. The yeah, her husband was one that the pastor looked in his face and said he had a demon of pride in him. Oh, I remember yeah. him. Yeah. No. Anyways, um, yeah. So if that's going on, it's you're for sure in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, and the crazy thing about it is, the only reason I could survive that kind of stuff because I, I'm like, okay, how is this even God right now? Is because we get done with the service and then. Obviously, me and Carly weren't married yet. Not obviously. I just said that, so it's obvious, I guess. Um, <laughs> and uh, we would meet with the pastor in our arm bear meetings, and he would just um, say, "Yeah, that you know that was that was wrong. You know, just you know, you got to let people fail sometimes. So they can oh really? Go, yeah. When weird stuff like that happened, that you knew was just like so out of the ordinary is like I can't get on board with this he would always smooth it over and be like yeah you know sometimes I gotta let people do that so that God can convict them and they can see that I don't know no you never told me yeah that that happened with a few things I I remember one time too a guy came who said he was a prophet and um which was very normal yeah like that was he um said uh God has kept me up all night for a word for your congregation and he talked about the parable of the sower and how when seeds come, some um, would spring up, some would be choked out, um, some would give a hundredfold. And he said, God kept me up all night saying, you know what that is? Those are different levels of hearing the word. And I thought, that's what the actual Bible says about that. <laughs> Like I, I don't know I why God had to keep you up minutes. for that. that. That's actually how Jesus interprets the scripture <laughs> in the Bible passage. Sorry you lost so much sleep over that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same guy. I was like, I got a Rolex. I got three Rolexes. These are real Rolexes. And I remember looking at him like, are they really? <laughs> <laughs> I know where Santi Alley is. Did God keep you up to tell you that too? Because... <laughs> All right, yeah. let me let me go to the next one because it kind of falls in love with in in line in with this. Sorry. <laughs> falls in line with this. <laughs> and this is kind of a joke too and kind of true. If your church is based fully on fivefold ministry oh, and gosh. everybody is basically Barf. something. So the fivefold ministry is in Ephesians, some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some teachers, some evangelists. And I think that is completely true. God gifts everybody differently. Mm-hmm. But I'm like there was a major shift in our church when our pastor said he he demanded to be called apostle. Yeah. And honestly, that was one of the turning points I felt like in our church where it was like, no, I'm an apostle. Mm-hmm. I'm not just a pastor. I'm not just a pastor. I'm a planter <clears throat> and, and I'm an uprooter and um Does isn't an, an apostle like depict all of those things basically it's like the top level well that's level. what he would say yeah it's, yeah, it's the like the top level of yeah. all of those yeah. things together in um, more of an administrative role and, and i'm not saying any of that stuff is bad but in, here's here's what i think anytime a pastor demands on a certain title you're in a bad spot yeah when did jesus ever demand a title i mean honestly if our model is supposed to be who Jesus is, when did he ever demand a title from anybody? When did he ever say, oh, you didn't call me the son of God? How dare you? And what was our pastor's like defense? Like, What would he say to something like that if if someone were to say... That like, was never brought up. Okay, so you don't, you don't even know what he would say no, or how he would I, try I to just, defend that? I just remember thinking through it, and even scripturally Jesus said, not many of you should be asked to be called teachers because you'll be held to a, to a higher standard. And then someone... Um, calls him a father. He said, there's not any father but father in heaven. Don't call me that. Jesus almost backed away from that saying, yeah, I'm the son of God, but I don't need special titles. I am who I am. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. My concern is for the people, not for what you're calling me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he asked the disciples, who, who do people say I am? And they end up saying, you're the son of God. And he, he affirms it. But I just never see Jesus getting bent out of shape because someone didn't come to him and say, Oh, Emmanuel, Messiah, Son of God. 
And to have someone demand that kind of saying, mm-hmm. you're disrespecting me by not calling me apostle. Yeah. I just think that's not in line with who God is or who Jesus modeled in ministry. At what point in our time there did he start demanding that? I, I can't remember. But I do, <clears throat> thinking back at it, remember. Was it after you became an armor bearer? Yeah. Okay. Um, thinking it was, it became such an overarching no, he's not pastor, he's apostle. Yeah, just, it was almost just like why? to call him pastor. Because we just called him pastor, not like pastor and his first name yeah. or anything like that. He was just pastor Yeah, because he was our pastor. And it was like endearing to say, like, just calling him pastor versus like, you know, Pastor Ben, like calling you that or something. So next one would be um, sleep deprivation. And this is really... This is the best way to gain control over somebody is causing sleep deprivation. That's why it's a torture tactic. Mm-hmm. And um, but go ahead, Vince. You can speak to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, from a sleep deprived human being, um, no, I think throughout the history of really wrong religious movements or cults, the way that people would um, become controlling is to deprive people of sleep because then you can't think clearly you're overly emotional you can't um work through things intelligently um you become easier to manipulate because well maybe it's just because i haven't slept maybe i'm thinking things Mm -hmm. or seeing things and it's this is legitimately a, a cultish tactic yeah sleep deprivation and I think in a lot of these religious movements, it's done in the name of, well, if, you know, we have to to work this hard or Mm -hmm. you have to do this to show yourself approved or um, you have to show that you care so much. And in the end, all that sleep deprivation is making you more susceptible to someone else's influence. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically all there is to that. (laughs) I mean, and a million other things, but that's... I feel like that's one of the biggest ones that is like such a red flag in any sort of situation because, yeah, the manipu- the the ease of manipulation and control when you're sleep deprived is just, I mean, any mothers out there, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know how controlling you're... your husband gets when you're sleep deprived. <laughs> you no, know controlling your little child gets a little cult leader when they don't let you sleep, and then they order you around all the time. <laughs> Same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Um, Okay, the next one is um, if you attend a church and internationals in the title. (laughs) (laughs) That one's kind of a joke, but kind of not. I mean, seriously, do you have to be international? (laughs) Well, why was that the case with ours? Like, yeah, international. Because we were going to. The end of the church. Because we were multicultural and. um, Well, he was an apostle to the nations. Oh, yeah, and he was an apostle. Which, what does that mean? That means he's an apostle of the nations. I mean, what what else does that not mean, Carly? <laughs> I'm not I'm confused at the question. <laughs> Meaning he has a lot of people to reach beyond just yes. this small church. Yes. Sure. So yeah. So international in the in the title. Yeah. Yeah. Then, Run. Just I don't mean, go. no, that's this that's a little one, okay? So maybe if your church has that, it's still a good church and it is international. But I tell you what, it's gonna turn bad real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um so here's one that we've, we both experienced with family members is you have a church where, and we've mentioned this before, you have to be good enough to visit. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's not an open, hey, invite your friends, invite your family. It's like, oh, you better make sure your family's right before they come. Mm-hmm. Or you better make sure your friends are right. And there's, there was still an aspect of evangelism where we're bringing in others. But if there's someone you specifically brought because you thought they'd enjoy church and not in an evangelistic sense, then um, they better be right. Yeah. Like, we couldn't dare bring somebody that, like, bring their mess into the church and it'd be, like, an obvious thing. And that was kind of pinned on us, you know, like, yeah, your friends. And not like we even had a ton of, I mean, a ton of friends outside the church. But (laughs) earlier on, when we started going, and it was kind of secretive that we were even going... Um, then yeah, to, to invite like, yeah, family of any kind Mm -hmm. or friends, even from school when we were still in college, it was, 
it was very selective, yeah. very selective in who we could bring, um, in the fear for, just for the fear of like being talked to. I mean, I remember our friend brought one of her close friends who was, she grew up with, who happened to be staying with her from out of town. And she came to church with all of us. And like my friend had, was like talked to after, at the end of service because of her friend not being as in, like engaged enough in the service. Yeah. And, um, maybe you hindered what God, wanted. yeah. Like, like she was a distraction really in some dude, sort of like, way. We're really going to hinder what God's doing in someone's life by having someone who's not fully on board. I yeah. Mean, or just, I think she was like sitting during part of worship or something. Yeah. And you know, that was I'm sorry like, for the two and a half hours. You couldn't stand <laughs> up and pogo on your legs the whole day. Seriously, go do some aerobics before you come next time so you can hang. (laughs) No, but like that was like that really happened, you know, and that it was under like we understood that like it it wasn't crazy to us. You know, it was like, yeah, like, yeah, she probably was hindering like she just doesn't get it. So she can't come again. She can't we can't invite her again because she just doesn't get it. And she may sway us to you know, believe that maybe this isn't right what's going on. So, um, yeah. And again, I come back to what, biblically, what's right in that? Nothing. Who did Jesus not like? The people who acted like that. That's who Jesus didn't like. The Pharisees, who thought they were better than everyone else. Those are the ones he condemned. Not the people who weren't right. Those are the people he accepted in and loved and dined with. But scripture was twisted so much to where we couldn't, view those verses that way like you're saying now like it's so easy and obvious like looking back at it but mm-hmm. during that time like we couldn't our minds couldn't even like question well we're... yeah there was it was okay i get that for out there when we go do ministry everywhere else but this is the church body that we are building in order to be yeah the conduit of who jesus is so that was always the this exception. is like this is you know our this is our little group of people that are being trained, almost like a little training school. So you can't bring everyone in the training school. Mm-hmm. When we go out and minister, then we'll see that. But mm-hmm. not right here, not now. You know, we've got a God. You can't stop what God's going to do here. Just in case. Remember the um, the correlations that like some of the pastors at the church, one in particular, um, you know who I'm talking about, would <laughs> make with um, the X Men movies and the school of. <laughs> School of um, Xavier's yeah. gifted or whatever. <laughs> that was us. Yeah. Like not everybody could be accepted into that school in X-Men, you know, because they either didn't have like the X-Men traits or they were like traitors, you know, and like some of them turned out to be traitors in the movies. Um, like that was, that was referenced a lot, like kind of in our inner circle of who we were and used kind of as an example of why not just anybody could join or be a part of it. Yeah. So I think that goes along with the next thing, yeah. which is twisting scripture. Yes. But we're not going like to spend a time to... set you up. Though. Yeah, thank you. That was a softball and you just tossed it up for me. <laughs> um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I feel like this is something we talk about throughout our story, but there's a twisting of scripture. Um, it becomes very... Um, dictated what this means or putting one verse um, above another verse or saying this is more important than the the other thing instead of looking at the whole of scripture and um, you know small verses used to manipulate and um, I mean I remember my own self preaching a, a sermon about counting the cost and Basically saying, look, we counted, you counted the cost when you came to Jesus, so you can't complain now. Like you, it said, before a builder builds, he should count the cost and see if he has what it takes to finish it. And you, we counted the cost before that. Like we already jumped off the cliff. Like there's no turning back now. (laughs) You've done it. You counted the cost. You can't recount the cost after you counted the cost. You came, you've committed, it's in, you're done. Imagine living with that, folks. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> but even just like you hearing you say that, like just solidifies even more how 
there was such a fear of me even being able to come to you to communicate yeah. that I was struggling with counting the cost. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to count the cost. <laughs> she did the, count the cost when she received Jesus, not this church. <laughs> the church wasn't the counting the cost, but that was how it was twisted. The church was counting the cost. We yeah. counted the cost and entered this church yeah. to enter God's movement, not what scripturally it is, is receiving Jesus and, and being working through the fact that it's not always going to be easy. Yeah. And following God isn't easy. Mm-hmm. So that's excellent. Great. <laughs> so look out for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, another quick, serious one, if the church doesn't have an elder board or if the elder board <laughs> is just basically the head pastor's puppets, which was more like our situation. They weren't necessarily his puppets, but they were all people that he led to Christ, so they all looked up to him, and no one could stand up to him. But they so, weren't considered even an elder board, though. They no, were we just did. associates. No, it was, it was. Well, what for like tax purposes? Yeah, I think probably. But it's a big deal to have some checks and balances in the church. Yeah, like not even just like financially. Yeah, just. I mean, financially for <laughs> sure, because we all know what a mess that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More to come on that, but. Um, but yeah, even just like, yeah, there's a reason why there's elder boards or there's people that are looked to like beyond just the head pastor to help make decisions and direction of things. Um, because that is where like power really gets abused when there is no authority over the head pastor, the head apostle. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't feel he needed that because he was an apostle, obviously. Well, and what negated some of that is that he had two apostles over him that he reported to, but he'd never listened to him. So it's like he said he had <laughs> I've got this authority over me and I listened to him and but you know, he would talk behind their back. Not talk behind their backs, but he'd be like, Yeah, they don't really if he didn't agree with what they're saying, I don't Yeah, you know, then it was uh, like, Oh, they don't they're not really seeking not, God yeah. right now. Yeah, so, there's always an excuse. That's so, why he knew more and better. Yeah. So elder board's a big deal. I mean, when we ended up leaving the church, we met with a good friend of ours, and he said that 99% of small churches and mega churches that don't have elder boards, the pastors could be diagnosed as narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And there's something with power, and this is part of, I think, the change that happened in our church. There's something in power that's so enticing and that is so intoxicating that once you get a taste of it, you just want more, mm-hmm. and you want more, and you want more. And if you don't have someone to tell you the truth around you, you're like David, and you do things you should have never done, and then you need um, a prophet to come in and tell you, look, <laughs> you're messed up. But there was not but a there prophet was no on one the face like of the that. earth no. that he could listen to or would listen to that could get to him. So that power became so <clears> intoxicating, <throat> and I believe that's why it continued to get worse, mm-hmm. because there's just a reach for more and more power. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, make sure there's an elder board. Yeah. And reals. like real real elders that like know the Bible. <laughs> not to say ours didn't, but um, anyway. Um, all right. <coughs> if you, this is another sign. I don't know what sign this is, seven, eight, six, whatever it is. <laughs> if you have a pastor appreciation service every month, <laughs> you might be in a cult. <laughs> oh, I so have, when I the, forgot about when this. the last Sunday of every month is your church meal, but also the pastor appreciation service where you give extra money for the pastor, Mm -hmm. then you might be in a cult. Now, not to say that pastors shouldn't be taken care of, because I think that's biblically true. A pastor should be taken care of, and pastors should be honored. Mm -hmm. But every month, when you give an extra offering on top of the money that your pastors are already getting from the church, then it becomes a little excessive. Or... If the main verse that is always used and brought up is 1 Timothy 5.17, they say, Let the elders that rule be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. And then your pastor tells you that the word honor in that is actually the Greek word time, which means money. (laughs) And you hear that every single Sunday. 
But then I looked up the Greek word, and it is that, but it's the same thing that talks about honoring your wife. So I can honor the pastor with money, but I can't honor my wife. It's the same word. Yeah. Anyway, if you that if your if your pastor <laughs> uses that and he just says, "Hey, I'm worthy of double honor, teammate. This is really money, not just honor." Then, dude, honestly. Well, because money give was, him my number and we'll talk. <laughs> money was like the highest form of honor, basically. Like you know, yeah, to for him. him. <laughs> right to him. That's what I mean. Like, so if, if we really wanted to show our appreciation, it wasn't like a letter or words no. or texts. It's like it really is thanks or yeah. whatever. It was like it was yeah. It was like you show me the money, and it. And he was always such a victim that you always felt like, gosh, he has nothing. And he's yeah. given everything for this church. Yeah. He gave up all these jobs he was so good at. <laughs> he gave up for the church, okay? <laughs> and all the jobs that he said he, in degrees he got, I don't even know if he did any of that stuff. But we thought, he man, not. he sacrificed everything for this church. So we should give him something. Do you remember what his request was when he turned 50? Yes. It was also the release of his... Worship CD that we were all a part of. Um, I'll try to find a picture. My hands. So they were the cover of the album is a bunch of hands being raised like in worship. Right, but right? what was his, his ask? I'm getting for, to. Okay, I just sorry. wanted to say that. Um, I wanted to make it about me for a second. <laughs> just say that my hands were front and center on there. <laughs> anyway, um, I remember I, we, I was newly engaged, so my ring was like really shiny and pretty, and yeah. it was fun to look at. But for his 50th birthday, which was also his, like, CD release for whatever. But anyway, he his request was $50,000 yeah, for his 50, 50th 50, birthday. $50,000 for his 50th. Like, this is my 50th. Like, oh, and it was said and more like, oh, could you just... There's, I mean, like, 70 people in our church at this point. 70 to 100 to yeah, but maybe like, 40. <laughs> half of them are homeless. Yeah. So... It's not like, you know. Yeah, so it was a big push for almost a, a month up to his birthday. We've got to get him the 50000 we got to get him the 50000 like he, he deserves this, and like this he's is... He's given so much, Everything yeah. he's done for our lives, which at this point we felt was all positive, even though we're being destroyed on the daily. Yeah. Um, we have to do this for him. Like, it was... Yeah, there wasn't a doubt. And did he get that? He didn't get it, right? No, it was, it was like, like... short. Okay, it was short, but... It was like thirty-five grand or something. It was a lot of money. Yeah, I know it was over thirty up. grand, and like we sacrificed a ton that we even could, and other people sacrificed a ton. And I remember him getting that and being disappointed. He was, and, he was and, pissed and, about it. He was like and, really, uh, and I it, it just was really hard to deal with because I was like, dude, that's freaking thirty-five thousand dollars for your birthday. No but, one gets that. And in I think partially because in my mind I thought. Well, he's making nothing. Like maybe yeah. this is his salary for the year. Come to find out, when we had left the church, I mean, we f- we found out that he was he was taking over a hundred thousand dollars a year from the church. So he was making six figures. Yeah. From his tithes and offerings and what the church was paying him and and um, never paid taxes on those things because he thought he was a pastor, so he didn't have to pay taxes. Yeah. So. Probably still doesn't pay taxes. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) So, IRS. Yeah, so if anybody works for the IRS out there that's listening, DM me, I'll tell you his name. No, we're not going to do that. I will, I will tell you his name. (laughs) But anyway, it was always about money. And when we left and figured out he was making that much and none of us had anything and everyone was sacrificing so much, it was almost, it was a real kick in the gut. Yeah, but like another thing to just show the dysfunction of like the manipulation when he didn't get that much money and we like knew that he didn't get that much. You guys as armor bearers made sure to like, even though maybe in your heart you're saying like, dude, that was still $35,000. Outwardly, you and the other armor bearers were like, People just don't respect him. Like, he's just, he's done so much, and people just don't get it, and they're not going to get their full blessing. And it was like, you know, you guys were basically shaming everybody who didn't do their part and kind of almost, like, bullying everybody into, like, 
you know, this can't happen again and that sort of thing. Like, so it, I don't remember that, but all that, <laughs> false. All that I really say, don't remember that. But. I do because there would have been, the, if you had acted how you really were feeling, I wouldn't, I would have, no, I would have felt in that moment the same thing as you, but because I was being told that it wasn't right that he didn't get 50,000, he should have gotten 50 grand. I believed that he should have too, because all of his little posse around him were telling me that, you know? So it just, again, it like is propelling the manipulation on all different levels because he's telling you guys this and whether or not you are agreeing with it, you're telling it to everybody else. And people in the church are looking to you guys as armor bearers as like really, um, like you guys were very influential to people in the church. (laughs) Well, like you were looked up to by a lot of people and were kind of had an authority position to just, you know, the normal churchgoers there. So things you guys said carried a lot of weight is my Mm -hmm. point. So thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, number whatever, um, vision. Okay. Now, not a good vision, but the fact that everything revolves around your pastor's vision. When it becomes your pastor's vision, your pastor's vision, your whatever vision. I don't know if in, in you guys, in your whatever weird new religious movements, if they're called pastors <laughs> or apostles or um, shamans or whatever they're called. Um, just know that if it becomes so much about their vision and, and lose it, lose sight of God's vision, then you might be in a cult. Yes. Because God's vision is the most important. Yes. And not a person's vision. Yes. Anything, anything to add on that? <laughs> I think you summed that one up. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see what else I got here. This, this is the final one that I have. Um, okay, let me say mine first. Okay, Carly can say hers. Um, so you may not even remember this, but if you are at a church where you have to, like when you walk by somebody during service or like let's say you need to use the restroom or it's first Sunday so you're helping cook the meal for the um, congregation so you have to walk through the sanctuary or walk by some people to get to the kitchen in the back, blah, blah, blah. So as a way to like sort of excuse yourself or be like, like things, either either somebody's preaching or there's worship going on. Um, you can't just walk by and just like, it kind of just hurry and excuse yourself. You need to put your index finger up as you walk by people, <laughs> sort of as a like, form of respect like with your head down sort of like excuse me I, I wish I could do a visual for you because th- this audio <laughs> on this, this audio is just not doing it um so I hope you can <clears throat> I hope I can describe this well enough for you to like fully grasp um just the the the, the vibes of yeah, this I totally forgot about that. <laughs> this bathroom going situation so yeah you index finger walking up almost like you're pointing up to the ceiling and you kind of like look down like in it's almost like pointing your index finger up was sign language for excuse me yeah it must is been. it I is this know. sign language <laughs> is this sign language for excuse me but um and people would kind of do it like in a like timid sort of way like kind of putting their head down sort of like excuse me sorry for like walking by you during service you know excuse me sorry if i blocked your view for a second but that was like such a habit that we all gosh i totally forgot about totally that totally just did everybody did it like and even the people that like some people were way more like charismatic with it and like way more theatrical with it and then there were others that just like just put their finger up and just walked by (laughs) you know like there was no like there was no um like I don't know they they could they could couldn't care less that they were like walking by in front of you for you know a half of a second but the finger going up um was like I remember a very interesting thing when we first started going but then 
you just caught on so quickly and everybody did it. And then we yeah, started doing I'm it. Totally forgot about that. And I remember even when we left, it was such a instinct to do it when you are like trying to excuse yourself from a situation, whether it's like a conversation or, you know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, maybe it was your instinct. I don't know if I ever left church. I just, well, you I learned to, church. yeah, like you I learned in. to absorb my own pee inside my body. <laughs> okay. Schmidt. <laughs> I can't possibly leave right Yeah, now. there's no... So you were never no, allowed to be excused for any sort of reason. And if you were, you were following him. So you didn't need to put your finger up, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that wasn't... But, yeah, that's crazy. But that... Yeah, um, if your church like does that, that yeah. that's really weird. And you need to talk to somebody about it. <laughs> All right, the final one I have. Also, if any of you have ever attended a church that does that, please let me know. Like, I really want to know if... If anyone else out there has seen this or experienced this, um, because I, yeah, I just need to know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I need to I'd know. like to know that also. Yeah, like what's the origin of this? Okay, go ahead. All right, the, the this final. This is your last one. Yeah, the, this is the final one I have. Um, there's always someone coming against your ministry. Yes. So everything is a demon coming against your particular ministry. <laughs> so it's not. Now I told I believe in spiritual warfare. I I know there's a lot going on in the spiritual realm, and everything that God wants to do is being opposed. Get it? I'm on board. What I don't get is with everything that happens is coming against your particular ministry because mm-hmm. your particular ministry is so important <laughs> that everything in the demonic forces are coming against you. And when that little tile pops up, that little glue demon is coming against <laughs> your ministry so badly. <laughs> but what tile I remember, demons. but no, it's a glue demon. All right, oh, the, the tile demon. was influenced by that glue. <laughs> but what I remember is we had said that our church was next to this inn where a lot of there was a lot of people that were in and out and homeless half the time and. There was this old guy with long, dreaded hair, and he had like a walking staff that looked like a crazy cane. And we were—this <laughs> 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 is so embarrassing. We were convinced, like our entire church congregation or the men in the church that prayed, that he was a shaman that was sending spells against our church. <laughs> And and he would sometimes stand like in the median away from the church, and I was just. <laughs> well, he would stand in front of our doors for weeks and weeks in a row. Remember? Well, yeah, but it wasn't necessarily in front of just our doors. It was like along the street corner. We thought it was like right in front of the door, <laughs> but it was like, dude, the dude was living next door in the hotel, and we were just convinced. Oh, he's this is a satanic person but coming. He, he against- didn't just look like a homeless guy. He looked like he could be you know, of some sort of religious group. Yeah. The way he was dressed, like, with more of, like, a shawl-type yeah. outfit. So it, he, like, fit the bill to an extent, yeah. but he was also probably a little crazy. Yeah, and, and of course, what normal people would probably do is go talk to the guy and say, <laughs> hey, is there anything I can help you with? Um, you know, you want to come to church? <laughs> uh, can I pray for you? Normal things. But no, not us. We vehemently, <laughs> vehemently, whatever, I don't know how to say that word, prayed against that guy so hard. I will never forget, he was standing in the median before one church, and one of the pastors went out, and he's yelling across at him, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, oh in the name, like screaming at the top of his lungs, getting all red face, screaming at the top of his lungs, and I'm like... I don't know. I don't think that guy's in there, out there shouting, shouting incantations. He's probably drunk right now. <laughs> it's just that's probably he's probably in the meeting because he drank all night. <laughs> oh, but he was definitely that shaman, yeah, that demonic he was shaman. Us, man. That was, coming was there anything that you remember that happened or that wasn't happening that that our pastor felt that? the shaman was the direct result of? 
No, I think you could pick out anything. Okay, but anything that didn't go, yeah, anything that didn't go directly how it was supposed to go at the particular time must have been that. Yeah. And again, I'm, I totally get that demonic forces will try to stop what God is doing in the world. I get that, and and I believe that, and we are in a battle. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but it's it's when it becomes just about your ministry and your thing, and everything is coming against your ministry and not God's work. Mm-hmm. Then it, then it, you might be in a cult. That was, yeah, that was always the excuse for things not going right or not happening. Um, and that was something really hard for us, at least me personally, to learn to deal with in a healthy way once we left the church, when things didn't either fall in line. Like it was so works oriented, you know, then you didn't do this enough or you didn't do that enough or, um, you know, yeah, like what's coming against you. And really it's like, like, no, maybe like, maybe this, maybe there isn't a reason why this happened or didn't happen. Like it just, maybe it's life. Yeah. Maybe it's just life. Exactly. And it didn't, doesn't always have to have like some spiritual, um, you know, connection, but everything had to have a spiritual, some sort of spiritual connection. And if things weren't going right, then it was like, okay, who is either bringing some sort of demonic spirit into the church and they need to get out. And many people were kicked out. Gosh, remember people being kicked out of service? Yeah. Because they would bring in, they didn't leave it all on the altar before coming into the church. Yeah. Anyways. Don't blame the devil for all your stupid, foolish work you're doing. Yeah. Some of it might be him, but some of it might be life. And Yeah. And again, I come down to the point of it's coming against your ministry and yeah. your church. Yeah. Not against God's work. Right. It's against what your church's ministry is doing. So those are all the, the, the small pointers I have. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. So please um, reach out if you need somebody to talk to. <laughs> or if you have some more for us, just let yeah. us know. Yeah. You know the people who are in there with us and other people who have gone through other experiences. Just let us know. We'll we'll, sh- we'll give a shout out. We won't mention any names. We'll give a shout out to some of the, um, maybe some of the warning signs. They can be serious or they can be funny. Either one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's it for, that for, that's it for this week. <laughs> I guess so. All right. See you later. So, we thought of many more obsessions. So, our final four this week is Obsessions Part 2. And I guess we just have four total, right? Yeah. You thought of one more. I thought of three more. Um, I cannot be stopped. I will think of many more things, I'm sure. <laughs> but, but since this was kind of a special episode anyway, we figured it didn't have to be a full final four. Yes. Sure. Exactly. Um, so just kind of a recap. Do you remember what your, your four obsessions were? Lululemon, um, drinking water to not dehydrate yourself. Uh, what were your other two? I don't know. It's not important. It, I'm I'm recapping for people that need a recap because I like recap. Mine were chapstick, the Olympics, obviously, um, Felicity, and quality water. Um, would you like me to start? Yeah, three? go ahead. Okay, so <clears throat> another one of um, my obsessions, my lifelong obsessions, would be musicals. <laughs> that's, that's I can't believe I forgot this the first time. Yeah, me neither. <clears throat> I love anything musical related i mean and i've seen probably most of them most of the good ones that is i have not seen hamilton so um some may say i'm not like do i even really like musicals but um (laughs) i mean probably one of my favorite pandora stations is either my wicked station or my rent station there's just something about musicals that and maybe i don't know if it's because my family is very musical and musically talented. So I grew up around music and seeing plays at a young age, but just have such a love and um, obsession with musicals, all musicals. Yeah, you yep. definitely do. Yes. <laughs> like, like if I could. It's obsessive, yeah. If I could 
if she could be anything in life, it would be to be in a musical, probably. Yeah, to be able to like sing and dance in a musical. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe not anything in life, but that's one of the things. Number one. <clears throat> <laughs> I can only think of one extra one. I didn't... I'm sure there's other ones, but I this is an obsession for me. Probably the, net, the last 15 or 20 years. No, 15 years. Um... My cup of coffee in the morning, oh sitting on the couch, or something. I there's I'm I can't be. St- I need that. I need it. I need to sit down quietly and drink a cup of coffee. But it's not even just that. Like there's so much more to your cup of coffee. Well, now it is. That's not a big deal. We're not. We don't need to talk about. Yeah, because the, that no. is everything about. Like that is you in a nutshell. <laughs> So tell everybody. Well, I mean, it's just bulletproof coffee. It's not that big of a deal. A little bit no, of oil. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. Oh. I'm talking about how you let your coffee sit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. For a very I thought long she was time. talking about the fact that I put oil and butter in my coffee. Whatever, no, nobody cares. And collagen. But, um, <laughs> is that a humble brag? No, not at all. <laughs> is I, that a humble brag that you do bulletproof coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I'm keto. Not re- I don't. I'm like. 6% body fat, but anyways, no, nobody not, cares to know that. <laughs> I'm actually not, but, um, yeah, I do. I, I, there's, I just, I need the cup of coffee and, and it, this is why I have to get up before my kids. And when they get up, when I get up, I'm a horrible person because I'm like, just give me my time. Go, go watch a movie or something. I need my time right now with my cup of coffee to take a deep breath, let it cool completely down and then chug it. Yes. I think that that is what is most interesting about this story is that <clears throat> it's not that you like to get up and sip your coffee by yourself and like enjoy coffee like a normal human being would do. <laughs> you let it sit sit so it cools completely. Like you hate things that are hot. Overly hot, yeah. Yes. You want to be able to... Or overly cold. Just yes. the extremes in, in <clears throat> yeah. food and drink heat are just not okay. But I think me. it's because you it's hard for you to like slowly enjoy it something. Is. It is. Like so this is more of an intervention really. <laughs> <laughs> for you and this is we talk about this all the time. Like, okay, you need to slow down to like enjoy your meal, yeah. like enjoy your coffee. There's a reason why coffee is hot. Like, so you're not supposed to chug it. But yeah, you wait till it's super cold. Not super not cold. Okay, no, sorry. let's not say super no, cold. No, no, sorry. Lukewarm. Yeah, you wait till it's no longer super right. hot. So you could drink it all in like two gulps. Three yeah, gulps. and then then usually read something. I try to read my Bible. And I, I just, it. there's something about it that just, I I need it. I'm obsessed with it. I, I, I have to have it. Yeah, I think that's a great obsession. I mean that's not a bad obsession, yeah, you know, but, or like but for sure a weird one or whatever. Yeah. For, well, you're for, just very like routine is very important. To so you. important to me. Yeah. Like I need routine. Like a really important like yikes. Um, <clears throat> okay, my other two. One of them is um, my obsession of all things sour. <laughs> I love a good sour anything, anything. I will take a lemon with salt. I love, and then spicy and sour mixed is like, oh my gosh, hashtag Mexican candy. The best. Um, chamoy with tahini on fruits. I mean, like I can feel my glands salivating just <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> um, but that was one of my um, cravings when I was pregnant was yeah. lemons just and straight limes. lemon with salt on yeah it. which I would All do that anyways like I would do that non-pregnance but it was just like very much to the extreme when I was pregnant um which is crazy because usually I feel like they're things that you wouldn't normally do but yeah my cravings were just everything I already yeah. loved just times yeah. a thousand Bean burritos and- mm-hmm peanut butter and jelly um but yes sour things chocolate malts and haribo has the best sour some of the best sour candies or like tart ish sweet candies one of them being the twin snakes remember how good the twin snakes are you like those those are super good one is sweet one is sour they're connected in the middle you can get them at the dollar store dollar tree not 99 cent only we'll talk in another episode about how different those two are we um, might not, but just, <laughs> you can just call Carly and ask her and she'll tell you. <laughs> um, 
If you haven't learned already how important <laughs> details are to me, they are very important. It's a spiritual gift of mine, details. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so sour candies, sour just everything. I love sour so much. You can't think of another one? What about chewing gum? Well, I feel like we've mentioned that, but, yeah, I mean, gum's complete <clears throat> obsession. Like. I thought we mentioned that before, but yeah, gum yeah, we, for we sure. we mentioned it in some sort of capacity, but it wasn't an I love obsession, gum. I'll, I thought. I'll, I'll chew a pack a day. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter to me, all right? Yeah. I love gum. Yeah, love gum. Like, you'll you'll usually take a couple sticks and put them in your pocket on a daily basis. Every day, yeah, at yeah. least. Anytime we go somewhere, there's three sticks in my pocket, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're saying it like it's just so normal. It's totally normal. <laughs> I don't see how that's not normal. You don't want your breath to stink, so... Oh my gosh. Okay. So my last one, this is a really big one. <clears throat> this is something that like I really cannot live without and I'll explain every single reason why. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Are you sick of me yet? No, not at all. I love it. <laughs> um, barred soap. Oh yeah. <laughs> and don't even snicker because I have turned you onto it. To you didn't bar- use... You didn't use bar soap before we got married. Uh, yeah, I never used soap before we got married. No, yes, bar soap, soap is different than just soap. I used bar soap before. Okay, well, let me explain what type of bar <laughs> soap I'm talking about. Dial antibacterial bar soap. It has to be antibacterial because I have a thing with germs. Big and time obsession with germs. And Big time. <laughs> and... I know people will say like, oh, antibacterial is actually worse for you than regular. Okay, listen, I'm not trying to be saved here. So don't try to convince me of that. Same with the Diet Coke thing. Like, just let me live my life. So the antibacterial is important because I feel like that really does the job of like cleaning you best. I cannot take a shower without having barred soap. I will use body wash as well, but the bar soap has to go first because that does the job of like really cleaning, especially like if you go for a run or something and like you're, you know, you're actually like sweaty, like body wash is not going to do the trick. I'm sorry. It's not. So if you need to stop convincing yourselves that body wash is enough, it's not, it's a two part process, the bar soap and it, it is, it's an obsession. I, I, I do suffer from a little bit of OCD. <laughs> I'm sure this is not shocking to a lot of you. <laughs> um, but gr- I think growing up, we always used dial barred soap. We used, usually used the gold one. So it was like that yellow bar of soap. Um, and even like this, I can like even just remember the smell of it. It's like so nostalgic for me. Um, but yeah, there's just something about utilizing the bar soap first in the shower that allows me to feel clean and then using the, because bar soap is very drying. So you do need like a body wash to like help the moisture. <laughs> so then you're not like super stiff and tight feeling. Um, but anyways, that's a very important one. Like I, I even travel with a bar of soap when we go like somewhere yeah. because it just is, it's, it's that crucial. Yeah. It's very crucial. I mean, there's a reason why they make travel barred soap containers. Yeah. Because they're, my theory is true. Yeah, because people have OCD. So you need <laughs> people. You need to make money off people. It's not an, that's not an OCD thing necessarily. Um, it's more my need for it, I feel like, is OCD with like the, the cleansing. But yeah. But it's also it's also true. <laughs> it's also a reality. And Carly has an obsession that if she gets one hand wet, the other hand has to also get wet. It's not an obsession. That's an OCD thing. Yeah, I can't just have one hand <laughs> wet. Like, who wants one hand wet and, like, moist when the other one's dry <laughs> and, like, stiff? That's terrible. I have to, like, wipe my other hands on my dry hand so it's evenly <laughs> both wet. I can't have an uneven feeling. That's just weird. <laughs> Who's the weird one? You're the weird one. I don't know. It could be. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I, I would like to know if any of you can relate to any of these obsessions um, or if you just think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I don't care. I'll be cleaner than you. So <laughs> <laughs> We'll see who's laughing. Uh, true then. that. Yeah, yes. For sure. Uh, I'm sure we'll think of more, but those mm-hmm. are, those are the uh, four for the for the episode. 
And thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on Biography. Please subscribe or leave a comment. And if you have questions or want to open up a discussion, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Biography. See you next time.